enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by the fruits they bear. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them at their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and, bared the, and beat, that beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who bears, hears these words of mine and does not listen to them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the wind, on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was that fall. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The book of Matthew has been an incredible passage for us to go through. We've learned a lot. We've learned how to pray, hopefully. <laughs> I still struggle. We've learned how to um, posture ourselves, how to recognize who is the people on the marginalized parts of society, and how to bless them the way Jesus did. We've also learned the golden rules, both for our morality and how we treat one another. Um, but Jesus' words are just really difficult, and this large subject is no surprise has been considered one of the most difficult passages for us to not only hear and ponder, but actually live into. We struggle with understanding that Jesus comes from authority and power, but he also invites us into that space. And so um, I'm going to be walking with you through three different things. Three different audiences are listening to Jesus and what he's saying. And he's saying three different things to those three different audiences. And so I think it's important for us to pay attention to his audience and pay attention to what he's saying to them, but more importantly, to pay attention to what he's saying to us today. Yes. Uh, I, one of my favorite things as I was studying this was Werner. He's a pretty good Bible commentator, so uh, I liked his work. So he said, Jesus began the sermon unqualified tenderness, referring to the Beatitudes, where Jesus welcomes people. Jesus recognized 
those who were marginalized, those who had been ostracized by society. He said, blessed are you. Blessed are you who suffer. Blessed are you who seek peace because you are sons and daughters of God. Blessed are you who are prosecuted in my name, for yours is the kingdom of God. And he goes on and on about that. But here, as we reach the end, Bruder also says, Jesus concludes his sermon with unqualified toughness in that he's warning us, now that you've been blessed, now that you've recognized who I am and the life I offer you, here's your choices. Right back to this idea of Deuteronomy, when God comes down to the mountains, gave his disciples, I mean, gave the Israelites his commands, and then he said, you have two choices. You can choose life, or you can choose death. But I'm going to extend as much life to you as possible, because that's the life I want for you. And so this is where Jesus comes, and he, Jesus is always about pointing us back to the Old Testament, reinforcing it into the New Testament, and infusing it with so much grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. This is what he does here with us. So let's look at his three audience. His first audience is his disciples. At the beginning of his passage, he goes up to the mountains because he sees so many people are starting to gather near him. And so he steps back, and his disciples step forward with him. And so they're, they're the front seats people. They're the front row. They're the ones who've been following him, walking with him, trying to figure out what he wants from them. He's called them, but he hasn't really said anything about what he wants yet. Have you noticed that? He's just been, oh, you guys are following me and teaching you great things. But he hasn't said really anything directly to them. Well, he does here. Here he says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. He says, look, there's only, so far he doesn't have all of his 12 disciples yet. I think at this point he has about seven of them. He says, clearly it's easy. It's easy for us to take the easy way. Clearly, not everybody's going to follow me. But come, my way is easy. My way is the real way. My way will bring you life. Um, have you ever gone to a baseball game or a basketball game? I used to play uh, softball, and we would be in the dugout, and it would be super narrow. Only one of us could go through at a time. But then when we stepped out, we were into this wide field, and we could see who was on offensive, who was on defensive, who was the pitcher, who was the stopper. We could see the referee. We could see everything. But first, we had to go through this really narrow path. And this is what Jesus is saying. My way looks really hard, because it is. It is. But once you walk through it, I bring you the opportunity of life that you can't even imagine or fathom. And so this is what he's saying to his disciples. Come with me. Take this journey with me because my way is going to produce life for you that no one will ever see or understand. But more so than that, we understand that he's the one who invites us on that journey. He's the only one who knows the path. He's the only one who has access to the gate. We can't find the path on our own. We can't find the path through our pastors. We can't find the path through our spouse. 
process that. He invites us into that. And he speaks into the lives of his disciples that way. He says, come with me. I am life. I am actually the easy life because I bring you a violent life. Mm -hmm. I love the book of Narnia. And in one of the um, books, the last book, it's called The Last Battle, they're coming to a conclusion in this huge fight against evil, against everything that stands against Aslan. And King Tyrion is fighting these people, and he sees that the only way for him to possibly win is to go through this narrow, stable door. But he thinks, if I go this way, I'm sacrificing myself. I'm going to die, because I don't, I don't see a way out. And so he's stepping back into the super narrow path, but then he walks through, and one of just the most beautiful things, sorry, <laughs> he turns around, and there's so much life. He sees all of these people that previously were tattered and bruised and beating and losing this battle, and he turns around, and he's dressed in royalty, and he's looking on all these other kings and royalties, and they say, welcome, welcome to the true land. Welcome to the land where you can eat of any fruit. Welcome to the land where abundance overflows. And that's the life Jesus offers us. Jesus isn't saying, when you come my way, it's going to be, eh, just a journey. We're walking together, it's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. But what actually comes is eternal life. Mm -hmm. And this is what he says to these disciples. But pay attention who else is listening. The crowd, they're all listening too. So what does that say to them? What does he really say to his disciples? Eternal life. But he's also saying to the crowd, my way is the only way. Are you going to join me? So the manner of life Jesus brings may look small, may look narrow, but it's filled with abundant life. Mm -hmm. Our Savior, he came in a stable. He came in the smallest pathway possible. He came down the birth canal. <laughs> he had no space. He was in a stable. He was a baby, the smallest, most vulnerable person that could be. But then he became small. He became narrow for us. Yes. So I ask you, is this narrow path, is this what you've discovered of the kingdom that Jesus describes? As you're walking this narrow path, have you discovered an abundance of life? Our next passage is the fruits waving, and he's looking at his second audience. He's looking at his the crowd who have been following him, who've seen him do miraculous things, who've seen him heal people, help people, protect people, reveal his mercy and love to people. Now they're leaning in because. So far to them, he's just been different. Different from their rabbis, different from their 
but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Sheep's clothing, prophets, false. These are really strong words. He's telling the crowd to be aware of the Pharisees, to be aware of people who plunder, who strip us away from life. He said, be aware of people who add burden to your life that is unnecessary. Be aware of people who tell you what love is. Be aware of people who say, in order to come to Christ, you have to know this. You have to be this. You have to do this. Be aware of people who are Christians. This, this is a message to us Christians to be aware of each other because oftentimes we use the very word of God as weapons against each other. We say, if you're not a Christian the way I expect you to be a Christian, you cannot possibly know God and experience God. You have to follow God the way I do. Just like the Pharisees were telling these crowds, you have to be pure. You have to take the Sabbath day off in the way I do it, in the manner I do it. You have to pray the way I pray. Jesus is like, no, that's not what my faith is about. That's not the life I'm calling you to. That is not what I'm about. But he's also really smart. He knows that we're not going to be able to know what the life is, of what a Christian life is. So he tells us, he says, a Christian life produces fruits. A life that is rooted in Christology produces fruits. A life that calls us towards Christ teaches us also how to see each other, what to see in each other. We're not producing fruits. We're not of Christ. We can't say, I'm a moral, upstanding human being. I love my neighbor. I do great things. But if we aren't seeing you producing fruits, then it's just, it's nothing. It's nothing. And what are his fruits? His fruits is love, joy. Peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Mm -hmm. Are we producing fruits? Mm -hmm. Finally, Jesus comes to one that I think is the hardest section. I never knew you, he says. So saying the right thing, doing the right thing, isn't going to save us. This is the most terrifying section to me. How can we do things that seem good, but not be in with the body of Christ? You don't get in for what you do, because you can't ever manufacture I find it interesting the repetition Jesus uses here. Lord, Lord, 
means nothing if what you're doing is not rooted in who I am.
we come to Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27. The foundation you are building your life on. You see, Jesus doesn't just care about the direction you're going, but he cares about the foundation that supports you. I can go a lot of different places, but if I don't have roots, if I don't know why I'm going the direction I'm going, there's no point in going. Pastor Ron made said <laughs> that he was glad that my parents were here and supporting me, and they said, well, she, she does her thing, and it's, it's true. I tend to just do things, but... Um, also, I'm very aware of my foundation. I'm yes. very aware that I'm up here because I'm supported, because I'm loved, because I've grown up in a home that says, your voice matters. The Holy Spirit is within you. And wherever he calls you, we will come to. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> 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 okay, never mind. That's okay. She's not there. Um, sure. But just, <laughs> just our foundation mm-hmm. has to always go back to Christ mm-hmm. and what He says. I think too, though, this this is not just contrasting two builders. We're actually both of those builders all the time. I'm a false builder all the time. But I'm also a wise builder all the time. Just because Christ reveals to us that we build our house on the sand doesn't mean we're excluded from knowing them again. I think that's also an extension of grace. The more and more Christ knocks down our buildings, the more he says, I care. I'm aware that that building is going to fall. And I'm going to shine my grace into the veins of your building and let you know honey, that's not going to work. Let's try it together. Mm-hmm. I think Christ is about making sure we're aware that where we're going isn't going to produce life. And whenever he knocks down my buildings I'm saying, thank you God. Because I wasn't going to good places. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful you did that. So thankful you knocked down my buildings. must start with Jesus. 
were struck with panic. It makes me think, as we read through, what about Jesus' words struck you with panic? And is that the right response to his message? The message that says, here's the path, come with me on it. Here are the fruits you should be bearing. Make sure you speak truth and love. Make sure the foundation you are on is steady and strong, and I am that foundation. Does that bring you panic? I think it should. I think these postscripts should push us to hear and ponder Jesus' words. I think these last verses after Jesus has talked is about our heart transformation. This, these are, I think, these are love, letters of love to us, invitation for us to breathe in, to pay attention to one another, to be a part of a community that makes sure we say, Lindsay, are you bearing fruits today? Mom, how's your gentleness going today? <laughs>
eternity. Now he is new. Now nailed to earth as I am. Nailed to my poor planet. Caught that I might be free. Blind in my womb to know my darkness ended. Brought to this earth for me to be newborn. And for him to see me mended. I must see him torn. Christ assures with peace that his life is our life. And we can take it up. We can walk this journey with him. Because he's come down to walk it.